Hello and welcome to Mediation Matters. This series of podcasts explores how mediation can make the world a better place. Join me, Adam Gersh, founder and CEO of Global Mediation, the most active and fastest growing national provider of mediation services, as I discuss the latest developments, trends, updates, and important topical questions with real experts in the field. In this series, we'll be exploring how to disagree well. We'll take a behind the scenes look at mediation and we will share essential mediation skills and their practical application in a variety of conflict situations. And now for our special guest, enjoy the podcast. Well, I am delighted to have with me online the incredibly talented mediator, Emma Gersh. Welcome. Hello, thank you. Lovely to be here. And it's really exciting because it's the first podcast we've ever, ever done. But I think you're an old timer, aren't you? Well, not quite, but I think we've all had to to kind of find our way in different mediums, haven't we, in the last year, done a few podcasts and listened to a lot of podcasts. So Emma started working with Global Mediation uh, just over a year ago, and you are a theatre director, trainer and coach. Is that a fair description, Em? I think so. I think that covers some of it, yes. So you've gone from Shakespeare to settlement agreements. Something like that quite similar. Yeah and uh, you've also got teams of actors who you use for uh, role play. How does that work? So I um, would work with different organizations and companies to find out what their training requirements are and then go back to my team of brilliant role play actors and we would design an authentic situation to be able to present back for a, a training purpose. So doctors might um, have actors playing patients so that they can kind of try out their their bedside manner and so forth. I've, I've seen this work in practice it's absolutely brilliant and I know you've been training mediators uh, for many years mm-hmm. um, but there's something else also as my sister you are probably the first person with whom I was ever in a conflict situation and now we're both working together on resolving conflict together. Yeah, it's ironic, isn't it? It's brilliant. And it's fascinating that we've both ended up in the uh, mediation world. So I, I just wanted to really ask when you were um, training in, in, in performing arts, you know, mm-hmm. did you imagine that you'd be doing this? Never, actually. I mean, I think I've always understood the amazing transferable skills that we have in in the theatre industry in terms of communication and interrogating the human condition and, you know, really for directors, particularly how to run a room and and understand how everyone's feeling. So, you know, it's not rocket science that one does rather lend itself to the other. But I hadn't ever, until you suggested, of course, a couple of years ago, that I should train as a mediator. I'd not really considered it. No, you were on the other side. You, but you've tra- been training lots of mediators. Well, I've been working with a few mediation companies on helping them um, run training. So using actors and role play, we'd been going, um, you know, for about t- 10 years doing all sorts of brilliant things. So I'd always been really fascinated by it. But you know, sometimes the thing right in front of your nose is the thing you, you know, you never really see or think about. So I hadn't actually considered mediating myself. And, and you know, what, what do you make of it all when you, now you've entered into the, you're really um, part of the action as opposed to, I suppose, I suppose mediation is, is a little bit like directing, isn't it? It's less like directing because I think as a director, you 
are entitled to have a, a an opinion and a vision and a steer of where you know you hope things are going and whilst you may have that as a mediator of course you certainly can't make that known to anyone around the table so um, that impartiality and that kind of um, neutrality is is a very new experience for me. Um, I've only been practicing for the, for uh, just over a year, and yeah, it's been a real um, a real test on which bits of of that you know my my work to bring and which to actually sort of leave leave by the sidelines. Yeah, I I, I tell you, I find it really um, interesting because I trained as a barrister. And as a lawyer, we're trained to tell people what to do. And of course, mediation is all about facilitation and allowing the parties the space to be heard and to um, have their view um, mm. uh, uh, listened to. And I found it fascinating that often, sometimes lawyers make really good mediators, but sometimes not because they just want to tell everyone what to do. In, as, a, as a barrister, we used to resolving conflict by bashing each other over the head with sledgehammers. <laughs> and I think this is very uh, different in the mediation world um, you know, we allow people that um, that, that that space. Um, I know about in, in we, we have a very high success rate. About ninety seven percent of cases are, are, are resolved or or mostly resolved. And I think um, people get to a resolution that they can they can live with. And I, I can tell you that in court, only about fifty percent of the parties win on average. So yeah, <laughs> that's a yeah. statistic. Sorry, you were going to say. Um... No, no. I mean, it is extraordinary that you know that that sort of that is some something that I'm finding incredibly fulfilling. That you know, after just two hours, something that felt you know totally complex and impossible um, can can move towards resolution. So it's a it's a great feeling to be part of that. Um, I was just thinking about the overlaps that you were mentioning between what I do in a rehearsal room with actors, and actually, it did just occur to me as you were talking that as a director, I would always try and facilitate an actor to arrive at a set of wonderful choices and options and make it feel like it's absolutely been their choice and not mine. But it's, um, you know, there's a little bit of, of craftiness that's happening in that communication. So I suppose that's that's another similarity. Yeah, you're not, you're not tempted at the end of a mediation to give people notes and tell, <laughs> no. them, tell them how they could have done better. No, 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 <laughs> definitely not. And have you I seen do tell them if they've done well, though. I've enjoyed that part. You know, I think people really like hearing how well they've done. Yeah, it's a nice way to end, and I, I, you know, just find ending on a on a on a really positive note that everybody has invested and committed and um, behaved really sensitively and respectfully. You can see even, um, you know, people that are are kind of doing this day in day out really appreciate. We all want good feedback, don't we, yeah. in life. Yeah, I think it's a really important skill of a mediator, don't you, to have bring loads of energy to the room, because people, yeah. I, I don't know if you find this, but there's a moment when, in a mediation, when everybody just feels that despair, it's mm. just like, why am I, what, you know, all the puzzles, you can see it on their faces, you know, why am I yeah. here, why am yeah. I bothering, and um, there's just something that gives at some point, and my, I don't know what your sort of technique is but my when I'm in mediation and everyone just looks like it's all just hopeless I usually tell everybody how well they're doing and that we're making really good progress and, yeah. and it kind of is a self-fulfilling prophecy isn't it yes I think that's great in fact I was just thinking I'd love to sit in and listen to one to your mediation I wonder how our styles differ and and are similar but yeah I think I think that sort of um, real encouragement and reinforcement is such a necessary part of it. And just sort of assuming that everyone wants a, a positive outcome. I think that 
that unifying feature is a really important thing. That's what I do in a rehearsal room as well, because there's often, you know, conflicts, misunderstandings, a lot of ego, um, you know, a lot of sensitivities around behaviours. So sort of being that person at the front of the room saying, we are all here to, you know, to travel together on this journey. I think that unification piece is, is really important. I'd never thought that people would have big egos being on stage. Yeah. Well, you know, actually, I'm I'm laughing and and also wincing because I think there's also plenty of actors that struggle terribly with insecurity, and it might sort of manifest as as a big ego in the room, but it's often a, a mask for you know. Oh, really, that's well. Imagine imagine you know doing a job where you have to interview for it three times a week. It's a it's a tough gig. Yeah. You know, most people arrive at their careers and there's a sense of, you know, establishment and arrival. But, you know, for an actor, you're only as good as your last job and you sort of slide down to the, the bottom of the pile again and have to kind of kick, keep kickstarting yourself. So yeah. it's understandable that, um, you know, the, the ego is is challenged. Yeah, I, suppose often. People, I, suppose you, I suppose that um, people on stage have to cope with professional rejection. Don't know that is part of their job. All the time, and you know, and that's not just getting the job or not, but that's in reviews. And now think about social media, and everyone is a critic. So, you know, when you're putting yourself out there in the forum, you are really exposed on so many levels. So, you know, that's that's often a job as a director as well, is to just look after the well-being of of an actor, and you know, understanding what you're asking them to do. It's different as a director. You're not, uh, you know, you're not going live on stage as your name putting yourself out there um so I think it is I think it is hard yeah what have you learned from mediation you know from doing I mean you've done as soon as you qualified you jumped straight in with both feet that you just mm. sort of done loads of mediating what what what's what what was sort of jumped out at you my goodness so much I mean uh, I feel you know I still feel very much a novice and would like to kind of I don't think you ever stop learning in any of your trades do you You keep keep refining and um I think um what have I learned I've struggled with um I think because the nature of the work that I do outside of mediation I get very involved in stories and people and the you know the human situation um and so it means that with a mediation, typically, you know, you all immerse yourself in, in the situation, the family, a young person, the social worker, a grandparent, you know, that becomes your reality for certainly the week leading up to a mediation. I found it really hard because I've only ever video mediated because I qualified just before the pandemic. So I don't know what it's like to do it live in a room, but one of the struggles is, um, and this isn't necessarily answering what I've learned, but it's something that I need to learn is, once I shut that laptop, you know, how to just, you know, let that all go because you feel so invested and you've been privy to so much information and detail and emotion. And there does need to be some kind of, you know, decompression. In fact, I've just been teaching um, at a drama school this morning and I've been talking to my actors about how do you let a character go? How do you let a kind of complicated, difficult scene go? And I give them a, an image of kind of pulling a plug and letting all the kind of fluid of that performance sort of leave your system so that you're safe to actually go back to your life if someone's been playing a really hard, you know, challenging character. And I think I need to kind of learn a bit of how to do that because these people stay with you and they're, they're you know, often very 
complex, difficult situations. I think as a mother, it's very difficult finding your, you know, yourself involved with families, with young people, often the same age as your own children. So that there's just a lot of, you know, overlap. And I, I, I'm curious to know how mediators who are much more seasoned than me are able to just kind of compartmentalize and put that aside and go, okay, that's it. Because we have no recourse, do we? You know, no. it's, it's I suppose at, Glo at Global, we do, we do have supervision, that we? we have all our yeah. and we do uh, do supervision with mediators. Um, but I know that you, I mean, um, without revealing any confidences, confidences rather, mm. uh, you, you told me about uh, a, a really tricky mediation that you went into um, where you were given a bit of a health warning before you, you started. <laughs> I mean, literally five minutes. So that's that again, again, I think, what have I learned? You can do all of your, you know, due diligence and gather all the information that you think you're going to need on the day. But then invariably there's kind of huge curveballs, aren't there, that just kind of come crashing in and you go, okay, I've got to manage this. That's sort of the exhilarating part of being a mediator that you just have to think so quickly on your feet right what do I need to alter do you know adapt to manage this situation that I now found myself in there's no fixed technique for anything is there you've got to just be in this kind of perpetual state of readiness I think as a mediator yeah I, I did I did a case once where it was a, a case involving a, a public authority and the, it was a, a lot, you know, physical um, mediation people attended. And one mm. of the participants had actually been banned from council premises for attacking people. Oh, and I think goodness. that what, um, and it was fascinating because then we had a whole thing about, you know, where, where could they come and were we breaching the injunction and so on. So you get really, really, um, you know, some, some heated moments. But actually um, what was fascinating for me is by the end of the mediation, the parties sort of came out and they were like arm in arm and when in those days when you were allowed to you know pre-pandemic and I think it's it what's amazing is I think sometimes the most drastic differences where people are saying this is a complete waste of time they're the ones that are most you, you've got an opportunity to be most transformational I think when there are subtle differences between people those are quite difficult to get into and get under the skin mm -hmm. of but where mm -hmm. there are huge differences um, sometimes you know or very often you can get through that can't you and and it's yeah. it's quite magical I think also it goes to the other extreme because you know I remember one of my first mediations which you know i would made too many notes and too many preparations and um, and I was really struck by the fact that when you sort of waded through everything all wanting an apology from one you know, when you really often when you strip it back to the bare bones, the essence of what people really want. Um, and this is where it comes to my work in the theatre is that it's all human story. You know, often we get kind of, I think, blindsided by um, jargon and paperwork and documentation that but really it, it ultimately comes down to the human condition it seems yeah. you know what people, people really want people really need to be heard don't they I mean I think yeah. that's really very very powerful and mm. for me it's really important that somebody at the media, that everybody at the mediation feels like their story has been heard yeah. and I think one of the most powerful things I've seen is you get people to speak and then summarise their points and put them on a whiteboard. How do people, can't you, when you do that summarising yeah. and they feel that they've been acknowledged? And well, We um, feel like that, don't we, in life? You know, I suppose you have so. 
Yeah. Oh, I, I, yeah, I think that's that's a fair thing to say. But I mean, there are, you know, you see people who've mastered the art of circular breathing and they literally don't start. You say, well, tell me about this. And you think I'm waiting for a pause to get, they must breathe at some point. Um, mm-hmm. But they, they, they don't, they just keep going on. And what I've noticed is when you write things down or you or they see things visually, it's so such a powerful technique. Mm-hmm. And, and you can see, you know, suddenly they are oh, right. People are listening and uh, this has been acknowledged. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I find that really, really um, powerful in, in, in terms of finding the common points of, of, of interest and reframing as well. As a barrister, I think I've always been fascinated by language. And you've mm-hmm. obviously studied, you know, classics and you've seen the, the, the power of it. It's so um, it's so potent, isn't it, that you can. I mean, yeah, I had one I, I, yeah. I one case where they were saying, oh, well, the other the other party, you know, they're all liars and there's a big conspiracy and they've treated us, you know. So I put up on the on the board, you know, what well, there are clearly some communication difficulties. And if they'll buy mm-hmm. that, if they'll buy into that, you know, um, you can kind of reduce the toxicity out of the language yes. and reframe yeah. it to something that's a bit more forward, you know, positive and, and, and yeah. thinking. Yes. Yeah. And of course, you know, we, we can be objective in that way to reframe it. Whereas, you know, these these people in the same way that we would in our lives, that if you think about issues and challenges that we're steeped in, be it neighbour issues or family issues, you know, it's very hard for us to be objective about it and have any kind of stripped back perspective. You need that outside perspective to um, to help arrive at that, I think. Yeah, what do you what do you think is going to happen with mediation? Do you think that some of it will continue online, or do you think that we'll all go back to hugging each other around the table? Or <laughs> what's your did that, you did that happen? Well, <laughs> of course, Emma. I mean, you've been missing out. I think. Um, what's, what's your What's your feeling um, talking to people? Oh, I, th- I think the world has changed so so dramatically, and I you know I think there's a huge amount of fear people being back in rooms. I'm thinking about this as a theatre person, you know, our industry has struggled terribly and do people want to go back and sit in a theatre and and be cheek by jowl with their, you know, their neighbours and and it's hard, you know, having to think really differently and a lot of theatres are are going back and doing this sort of hybrid model where they're inviting those who want to come back but they're doing a live stream as well so they can still appeal to both, both sort of preferences. I think for certainly from my experience with the past year, there's been something incredibly efficient um, about being able to get everyone into the meeting very easily, regardless of the geography. The um, I don't know how those, yeah, the access. And, and I also think there's another level, which is that when people are in their homes, they feel more relaxed. So what I imagine, and again, I don't know this from, from firsthand experience, but what I imagine would feel quite formal for certain people, you know, to come into a, a hotel room or to, you know, sit around a, a formal table with with people, no doubt that's going to create an atmosphere that may or may not be conducive to some. So there, there has been some, ben- some benefits, definitely, that, you know, I always say when we're at home that, you know, we all know we're all sort of in a situation, there's, there's Amazon deliveries and dogs barking. And so get yourself a cup of tea. If you, you know, if you need to have a break, we're all human. We know what we're in at the moment. And that's been a great leveler, I think, for lots of people. And I, yeah, it, I worry. It humanizes people, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah. We can all see our backdrops and, you know, it, it just, it makes it real. And in fact, you know, one of our big focuses at global is to make sure the young person's voice is heard isn't it and often they can't be in attendance if they're at school or they're not able for other reasons 
Um, but again, I've been able, when a parent has been at home, to say, have you got a photo you could show us of Billy? Um, and they're able to reach to the mantelpiece and, you know, show us something. And, and we can sort of, you know, there was a mother recently that was trying desperately to explain the needs of her child who had physical, you know, requirements. And she just sort of moved her camera and said, you know, this is this frame we've got in the lounge and I, it's falling apart. Look, can you see it? And we really need a new one. And the local authority haven't, haven't you know, responded to my email. About, and there's something just so immediate about that, that we can then see it, we get it. It becomes yeah. a, a sort of really vivid reality. But we've got to find different ways of dealing with some issues, haven't we? I've found that when you've got a lot of people in the room, you've got to actually call upon one person and it's very linear. And the other thing is that um, I know that, not that it happened that often, but people storm out of a mediation or they, they make a point and sometimes people just disappear. And you don't really know. You think, well, have they just stormed out? Or they, there's no real um, way of leaving a meeting in annoyance. Is there? You don't really know if they've just lost connection or they've actually gone for a reason. Mm. And there have been moments where people have, have left and they've come back and you're thinking, are they angry? Is it something somebody has said? <laughs> and it's just that, the, you know, yeah, um, yeah. that their Wi-Fi has gone down, you know. <laughs> so that's... Yeah, I mean, we had a whole training day on this recently, didn't we? All about the kind of unexpected things that could happen that we have to try and second guess. Um, oh, yeah, tell us some of the scenarios because they were great. Well, we had a, you know, this actually was inspired by something that happened to me on my very first mediation, which was, uh, you know, of course, technical something went wrong. We wanted to screen share the, the mediation agreement, which we would do at the beginning so that everyone can see what we we're working with. And of course, my teams wouldn't screen share from my computer. So I said, if we could just pause, I'm going to just email this document around, give everyone a few minutes to, to open it and see it. So if you wouldn't mind just turning your videos off and you'll put yourself on mute for a moment. Um, and of course, as soon as I did that, I heard, you know, the mother phone the grandmother and have a real go at the local authority officer who was there. And I sort of, you know, lurched for my mute button and was able to kind of mute her just in time but you just think gosh there's so much that, that well we all know it don't we so much that can go wrong we've all seen those youtube clips that have gone viral yes. um yeah so we so so interesting i mean we we're recording this on the first of june 2021 mm -hmm. so it'd be interesting to look back and and see what does happen um but just on the on the topic of um uh training we're doing lots of uh, uh training uh, at, uh, at Global, and I think there's two things you're uh, involved in, and we're involved together, actually. There's one-day training courses and also a, a foundation course, which is the first time we're doing that. Which is really exciting. I mean, I've, yeah. I've got a sort of a real mission to try and recruit people from all sectors. I think when I did my training, which was um, last year, beginning of last year, um, I think there was a sense, certainly on my course, that you should really be a lawyer to be a mediator. And I was a bit of a kind of, um, <laughs> um, I'm not saying they shouldn't. Um, I was, I certainly stuck out like a sore th thumb when we all went round and did our introductions. Um, and actually, you know, having now done it for a little bit, I realise that certainly people from the creative sectors and anyone that, that is interested in, you know, the art of communication and listening and that, they've, that that's been a feature of their work, this would be really appealing this course so you know hope, hopefully we can sort of recruit from all different backgrounds for the course yeah i think it's really good i mean um it has uh, just mediation has an application doesn't it in everything in workplace in um 
um, all sorts of commercial disagreements, but also I think it's, it's, it's a very good skill for people to have as a manager, isn't it? And just managing people or just doing daily work is, is uh, so when, when, when I did the course, I was, I had a real bounce in my step. I mean, I, I qualified in 1999 and then started uh, Global in 2001. So I've been, been, been doing it a while, but it really changed. I don't know if it was the same for you, Emma, but it really changed the way I looked at the world. It does. I think you, you kind of, you definitely become more optimistic, don't you, about outcomes and you get less scared of conflict and see it as a kind of creative possibility. Um, I, I tried quite a lot out on my children. That was fun in the, in the, <laughs> the week that I was doing my course, you know, disputes that you would you know that would escalate and turn into a big fight and a big row I thought oh no no I'm gonna I'm gonna try this out so we'd sit down and we'd talk and um I remember teaching my children who are 10 and 6 the the mediator's orange you know very early on this idea that there's two children fighting over an orange and they fight and fight and fight and the mother just cuts it in half and goes there you go have your half an orange each and stop shouting and crying and they're still not happy and actually, you know, the, the whole um, piece is that she hadn't asked them what they wanted it for. And one child wanted to use the rind to make marmalade and the other wanted to use the, the inside to make juice. And had she stopped to ask what they both wanted, they might have both got what they wanted. So they both got the orange. And they, they, my kids love that. They're always saying, mediator's orange, mediator's orange. <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs> and I remember, I mean, um, before I knew what mediation was, uh, do you remember that very surreal, absurd uh, comedy show, Vic Reeves, Big Night Out? Yeah, yeah. So he used to start, um, I think it was Vic Reeves, he used to make the audience chant, what do we want? reconciliation will we get it <laughs> unlikely <laughs> so i think we've got what makes me think is all those years ago you know that was the view but i think actually it should be likely now you know the reconciliation is likely if you do, yeah. do the course and uh, uh, learn some of these skills and i think it's bring so much to the world which is um which is fantastic mm. well emma i think we're we're, we're running out of our allotted slot but thank you so much for taking part this has been very exciting it's i can talk great. to you for hours in fact it's the main way i get to meet you just by asking you to come on a podcast i mean i think we had about 10 years where we didn't really see each other and i've it's only taken coming to work with you that means i get to talk to you every day so fantastic fantastic and i feel that we've come full circle because you know from from children you know kicking each other under the head mm. under the table you you started it by the way you started I think you, it i think you did start <laughs> technically i mean we'll, i think we'll take this <laughs> offline emma but from from your from the early days of your provocative um, <laughs> um in, in, in initial sort of kicking me under the table as a child i think it's wonderful that we've been able to work together and it's a real pleasure and honor to uh, to have you on our on our panel uh, and really delighted yeah, that we've, uh, we managed to do this first podcast so here's to, to, to many more. And thank you so much for coming on and, uh, and kicking us off this series, Emma. Thank you so much for having me. And I'm looking forward to listening to all the other episodes too. Thank you for listening to Mediation Matters. We hope you enjoyed the episode. Remember, do subscribe for further updates and future editions. 